Turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Be strong and act like a man, and I didn't make that up, because it's kind of strong, but God says it, so let's look at this, because you know what's really amazing is, here's a time in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, where it says, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave this charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. Be strong, act like a man. And observe, so, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands and his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. You know, I love this because this is a true biblical deathbed sharing from a father to a son. And I love it because the Bible stamps it where David, we know, was as flawed as a man at times could be, sinned, blew it terribly, but he, but he came back and he never gave up. And it's because of God's love and forgiveness he could work through it in his great failures. And where God even said, he's a man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. See, God, the Bible talks about heart. Give your heart. Please open your heart. And it's like when you understand uh, mentally, you can just do lip service, but to give your heart to resolve or maybe even forgive or talk to someone you have an attitude with, that is, that's, where you, that's where you find out if you're a man of God or, or, or a woman of God or you need to understand God more because it's hard. But he says, what does it mean to be strong and act like a man? Well, the Bible defines it in verse 3. Observe what the Lord your God requires and walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees, his laws, and his regulations as written in the law of Moses. So what's he say? He says that's the difference between being a man of the world and a man of God is one who cares about God. One who strives to go, I want to be a man of God, not just a man. Because, see, if you're a man, God allowed that. You know, male or female, you didn't get to choose. You didn't get to come out and say, wait a minute, I wanted to be uh, Christina, not Chris. <laughs> no, I'm Chris. I'm a man all the way out Amen. because God decided. But what does he say? He says, do this and you may prosper. And you know what I love? I love when the Bible gives us little love. Uh, I don't do it because I'm going to get, but I'd like to see that if you go along the way before you even go to heaven, I'll, I'll show you I'm with you in certain areas of your life because prosperity, you learn what the Bible means about prosperity because that doesn't necessarily mean what the mental thought would be, right? Jesus says he'll provide for us, but he says you're going to prosper. But I love it how he says if your descendants walk how they live. It says you're, you'll, never, you'll, never, you'll never fail to have a successor on the throne. And why there was a king rulership like that, really in your own families, men, if you're single, one day you get married, and you know what? You're the king of the castle of your family. 
And how you decide to, to honor that uh, has a lot to do whether you decide to honor God or not. Because God says, you can, you know, as a man, we're stronger physically and we've been made to lead. And, but, you, but, but the world has really shipwrecked, I believe, a lot of what manhood should be. Because he says, be strong, act like a man. He's saying it's not easy. You got to get ready. You got to be strong. Even when you're weak, you got to be willing to act like a man. That means obey when you don't feel like it. Strive to be righteous and do what's right when you don't feel like it. That's really manhood of God. Show yourself. Wow, that's very powerful. Show yourself. You know, I'm about ready to go all the way of the earth. And he says, be strong. And another, at the, toward the end, he goes, show yourself. You know, in different places, which I'm not going to go there today, but God actually opposed, I mean, got up and had Job said, show yourself and act like a man. Yeah. Stand in my face. Yeah. That's pretty challenging. Because God's going, you got this to Job. He goes, Anyone, any man that wants to aspire to be a man of God's got this. Same with any, any woman. Yeah. You can do this. But you got to show yourself maybe and convince that you can do it only with me. You can't do it by yourself. And that's why God, show yourself, man. Be a man. Walk like, let's do this. Be strong. Act like a man. Observe what God requires. Have it important to you. Desire to be righteous. Walk in a right relationship with God. That has to be accumulated and wanted. So the critical importance of this is how David defines a man. And it's biblically supported by God. It's in the scriptures. Solomon needs to show himself a man if he is, first of all, strong. The Bible says a man expected to be strong. Is that not true? Act like a man, be strong. Okay, why? That's not talking about that you're not going to have vulnerabilities and be fake. You are going to need help, and hopefully you've seen that in your life by other people that have been there for you, friends, family, your own fathers. We need help. But to act like you don't need nobody or nothing, you're lying. You're holding it together by this card house of toughness that you might even tough out the people close to you because you're so focused on not letting anything get to you. That's not what God wants. If you're going to show yourself, the first principle of God would be be strong. And we're not talking masculine and what the world shows in the movies, like this macho guy kicking indoors and, yeah. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about moral and emotional fortitude with faith built in. A conscience that can be directed and adjusted, and now your your conscience, you're saying, God, now start to align it. You gave me this thing when I was born, but I never paid attention. Now start to help me be aligned. Help me to be sensitized to what really is all the way sin. I may have right and wrong on somewhat, but now I want to be dialed all the way in. And I want to be sensitive with my conscience to your ways, not my ways. That is when you're brave. That's being strong because now you got to show yourself who you really are before God and be willing to admit and deal with the ugly sins that everyone needs to have forgiven and, over, and be able to overcome through Christ. Amen. But to really show yourself, you got to show yourself that God can bring you back wherever you're at. Perhaps today you're 
I don't know where some of you may feel. I know some of us have dads that we don't even know. My heart says sorry. I have a family member, a cousin, uh, I mean a nephew that's, uh, he's, his dad was never there, never did it right. And he's close to my kids and I'm close to him. And I, 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 he never complains, never says one thing, but he never had a dad the way, at least he never was there. The dad was never there. I don't feel responsible or guilty, but I do what I can do. So he, he even said, happy Father Day, Uncle Chris today. <laughs> Thank you. And I said, I'm always here. Because I want him to know that, just not my son. My son it works with him. They work together. But I'm, I, I, I want to do what I can. I can't, you can't only do what you can do, but you've got to be available. But it takes one man at a time. And so look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Show yourself to be a man. Show your, be strong and act like a man. Because to be strong is that you learn to depend on God so you don't emotionally melt down or check out. See, men that have failed, it's because they may not have known God or they don't know the forgiveness and mercy of God to come back because we all make mistakes. But to check out and abandon and just check out on relationships even, even not even talking about fathers abandoning their, their responsibilities, but just anyone, usually if you're hurt or you, there's a problem, you'll just decide without the power of forgiveness and mercy, you're so shamed, and then you may just be, you don't even know, and your heart can get hard, and then a lot of people just check out. Yeah. If a relationship's hard, or you hurt me, I hurt you, we both hurt each other, I'm out. Yeah. And God says, no, that's not acting like a man. Or a woman of God. You resolve. You give your heart. You seek to understand. You overcome your anger and your feelings through prayer and being honest. That takes courage to be a man because you're flawed, I'm flawed. Which means you got to go in going, I'm, I need to probably apologize for something, I'm sure, and I'm going to. That means you have to set your heart on obeying God and striving to be right with God. Philippians 4 in verse 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's pretty awesome. But see, that takes faith. So we can all read that. We can quote that. A movie can quote that. It, it, doesn't, it won't work if you just intellectually acknowledge it biblically. If you intellectually just go, this is in the Bible. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You have to have faith. You have to get deep. And it doesn't mean God's going to have you conquer, once again, everything you attempt to. But he's going to allow you to learn and be a man, a strong man in failure. A strong man in mistakes. A strong man in maybe going the wrong direction. And you just go, this has got to be God's will. And you just keep saying it's God's will. But if it doesn't open after you pray, pray, and the door shuts, a strong man can go, you're saying something, God. Maybe no. Because, see, God can say yes, no, or not yet. And you can keep trumping away, but sometimes you can get so determined, like no matter what, God's going to do this. And uh, no one's to tell you that, but eventually as humility and trusting in God, maybe God's saying, do not do this, this. Do, you know, and you have to answer, you have to sense it, understand. Or if you've failed, you've got to realize, is it just my pride that keeps banging my head against the wall? Because I just don't want to go, I didn't do it even though I said I was going to do it. No, you've got to be humble. 
Point number one is, if you're alive, you have hope. And that's what I want to talk to in Romans chapter 1, because I want to, I appreciate uh, Taylor making, you know, really creating the flyer for this Sunday about, and I loved how it just said dad. That's just like deep. That's a deep word, dad. Dad. Appreciate Earl's communion. That's a man that knows how to do nails, braid hair. That's awesome. And I know Earl. He's a very kind, loving, incredible, sensitive man. And the minute you met the guy, you knew he deeply loved his daughters, and he still does. But I think that's a man. He did and became what he could for his daughters. What about him? But what happened to the men today in the world? And I'm not trying to make anybody accused, but I'm trying to say, what are we going to do? Not that we have to do anything, but each person needs to decide, are you going to be by God or are you going to be by the world? See, all Solomon needed to do was have faith enough to be strong enough to be obedient enough. (laughs) Then it would prove that he's a man enough because we need grace. It's just you got to be willing to go, God, help me. I want to know your ways. I love your word. And I need help. That's strong. But let's look at uh, Romans chapter 1. Because if you're alive, you have hope. And some people have lots of regrets. And today I was thinking a lot of people may wake up on, in the Father's Day situation. And all over the world. And, and, and could have all different feelings. And some have tremendous. And if you've had your father in your life. I mean, and if he's gone, even he's passed away. Thank God for those memories. So what I'm trying to say, though, is if we focus just on our human fathers. And God's saying not to negate that. But he's saying, now look to me as your spiritual father. And be grateful because God allowed or caused everything. But the ones that possibly don't have an understanding. And maybe they were abandoned by their fathers. Or their fathers just didn't show up to this day. There's hurt. And there's a, I believe there's a wound because that was God's plan that possibly will be there that you have to be strong enough to embrace in the Christ. And realize you may never get your way or never get the man that you wanted to be your dad to come around. And I'm sorry. And that, but you gotta, you got to embrace. And, and if you're here, that's where God takes your pains and helps you because... How many times have I studied the Bible with young men and known young ladies all over from Phoenix to L.A. to here where Sonia has certain ministry? I run into that more than I want to. Did you have a dad growing up? No, I don't know him. It just, I just feel, it just hurts. Because I, I, I don't know what that's like. My dad is, you know, in assisted living right now watching uh, on church on the video. He was always present. He made his mistakes. They divorced when I was 13, and I've, I'm, a child, I'm a son of five. I mean, five kids. That's not what I look at. I look at him still coming in and striving and then looking at him at 68, 60, late 60s, embracing that of not really knowing and then being, uh, being understanding what Jesus did. I look at him as all the positives I can have. But I say this to the ones that didn't. Look in... Uh, uh, first Romans chapter 1 verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew then to the Gentile for the gospel of the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it was written 
the righteous will live by faith. Now, I love that because, guys, you need to love it. And because if you can't, you can't be righteous on your own if you have your own standard. And even if you have a human father and that's where it ended, that's not going to help you fully. Because God said, look at what your, the fathers that you have to imitate or the male role models in your life. Be grateful for every single thing that helped you. Because God gave you that or allowed that in your life. Amen. Ladies too. But then we're, what about the holes or the problems or the falling short? Because no no, everybody makes mistakes. That's why you go to the gospel and understand the good news of God. It's, it, it, he gives us a righteousness of God that's being revealed that we can understand it. And it says the righteous will live by faith. You know when you feel terrible and you feel like you're sinned and you just feel like a wretch and you don't feel good? Then that's where you believe and look at God and Jesus by faith. And not look at you. Because the righteous get back up, take responsibility, ask for forgiveness, and are fired up. Because you can't do it. And you can't undo the past. And you can't take responsibility for what was done to you. You can't. You can only do what you can do. And then wherever you're at, how do you fix the broken pieces? Or do you walk through life wounded and flawed where it's going to affect the rest of your relationships? God wants to help you change and break that chain. Break that chain because when you get right with God, you can walk with God and you can be a man of God and you can become a husband of God and you can understand with the, with the amazing lady that God gave you, that's your wife, that will be your women, that will be the mother of your children, that you now understand that what, what does God say about marriage? But think about it. The righteous will live by faith. Oh, when I'm down, you got to go, no, God, forgive me, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm righteous by the faith. And it means I take responsibility, but I don't just stay down. I go, help me change. What do I need to do? How do I fix this? What do I do? Yeah. It says in verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. The Bible says people are without excuse, even if they haven't read the Bible yet. That's the start. You're looking around. There's got to be something greater than us. And it can't just, you can't die with it going, it's a universe or it's a big mother nature. No, God says that's a start, but you've got to now find him. He says, the reason I did that is because you're not without excuse. Now find me, because I want a relationship. I want your heart. And in verse 21, after it says people are without excuse, in verse 21 of Romans, it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor, uh, as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became what? Futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, what happens when your thinking's futile from God's point of view? It's worthless. The way you're living and thinking, keeping God outside, as best as you're trying to do, God says you're missing the whole boat. But these people decided to continue to have a form of godliness without the understanding the biblical plan from God's word. And it says they're, they're, they became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And look what happens in 22. They claim, the, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
See, that's from God's point of view. People can think they're wise all the way out, but they're fools in God's eyes because you, you think you're playing the game and you're massaging it with sophisticated words with a lot of syllables. You're saying big words that, you know, conundrum. Instead of saying the guy knocked him out, wow, that guy really discombobulated him. Like a, a boxer announcer, how do you get too intelligent about that? They, oh, he's discombobulated. Those are good words, right? But th that does not make you wise in God's eyes. So what happens? They became fools. In verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. I'm going to read that again. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creative things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, what? Exchanging the truth about God for a lie and living for you and looking at what you're accomplishing materially and everything without God, that's a lie. Yeah. If that's first. Yeah. And then we get to verse 26. Because of this, God says, because of what I'm saying, if you don't be, aren't willing to fully want to give your heart to God and understand what God wants studying the Bible, for every man... And woman, since the scriptures have been given to us through Christ. It says here, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even women exchange natural relationships for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural ones with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in them the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. See, how do you know the knowledge of God? If you're saying anything except scripturally based from God's truth, but talking about God and even have some things, but then have your own ideas of what you brought up with her, but it doesn't line up with the scriptures, that's where you have to realize you're not right. It's not, it's, it's, it, it's not, uh, it's not correct. Retaining the knowledge of God is understanding and wanting to follow the Bible and then realizing if anything that you think about God, if it doesn't match up with Scripture, you need to be humble enough to go, even though I believe that for a long time, it's wrong. Amen. That takes humility. That's where we're getting into be a real man or woman of God because you need to either go, I'm going to follow the whole truth of God Almighty, but not just say I want some of it, but then if you're, a, if you're challenged by convictions that you never knew and you think you're right, you're not. If the Bible says it, not man. So it says, furthermore, they did not think that retain worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they would do what they ought not to do. So now look at what God's doing. He's, he's not a mean God, but since they're not wanting to listen, God gives them over and lets their mental futility of their worthless thinking. Eventually, he doesn't. He, it's almost like he stops trying. It's like, I want that, I want that, I want that. But it says they deliberately, they do this, they exchange for the lie. They just oppose, they do not want to listen. Or they want to formulate a form of God in Jesus, but not the way the Bible defines it. 
So you gotta understand, God. So he says it's not. Since furthermore, in verse twenty-eight, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. See, someone needs to go. Is it worthwhile to study the Bible? Is it worthwhile to be humble and go? What does the Bible say? What is a Christian? What does it mean? No one can define that. No one can judge you, but you can seek it and understand from the scriptures. The only reason you don't want to is it's not important enough. That was what it was for me. For 31 years, I th- believed in God. I was raised in a church when I was younger, believed in God. But then I, did, I, didn't, I would have never said that. I would have never said, I don't think it's worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. I just never allowed myself to stick or be involved too much. Yeah. So I didn't want to. I wanted, I just believed I was right with God. And I believed in Jesus. But until I understood and said, oh, this, I need to make this worthwhile to understand the knowledge of God, I was convicted. Look in verse 29. So first of all, it says God, at the end of verse 28, God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what they ought not to be done. Do you understand this? If God says I've had enough, you just keep doing what you're doing, deposing me, and you just keep going stronger. I'm not saying there's not hope, but for one reason, if God turns you over to what you're already depraved on, my way or the highway, I'm doing what I want, and maybe even you're forcing yourself to go, I'm a Christian, but you're no more recognizable than the man on the moon as a Christian the way Jesus would define, and God makes that determination, but you don't follow it. God turns him over and says, boom, and I don't know what it means totally to give you over to a deprived mind, but it's like you're just going to go. Here you go. Woo! No more resistance for me. All in. Go do your thing and keep doing what you're doing. Because you're not willing to go, I need help. That's crazy. And then it says here what happens. They have become filled with, in verse 29, filled with every kind of weakness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters. Insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity. Fidelity means loyalty, no no reliability, faithfulness. No love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. You understand that you get so hard-hearted if you continue to oppose God that you, you don't care. You may not say it that way, but then it says they continue to do it. But not only do it, they continue to start a movement of people to continue to do it. There's movements all over the world other than the movement of God. And they're cranking. Right now, what is it, Pride Month, they call it? Yeah. What about Pride Day? They already get the month? I don't get nothing of Pride Month. Pride Month says they're celebrating their deprived minds. And you might feel uncomfortable here. I'm not hating anyone else, but I'm telling you the world has decided to have a depraved mind in all kinds of sins, not just homosexuality. But it says men are inflamed with lust with other men. It says they started to do things they weren't supposed to do. Women even went to international. That's lesbians and homosexuals. The Bible says depraved mind. And what happens when you watch TV? You never see a Christian standard in the movies and TVs. All you see is colorful, comedic people that might even be flamboyant and even insinuate to be gay. And we like it. 
because they're funny and they're charismatic. Doesn't mean you need to hate the person, but the sin of the depraved mind's been running since this. But now we are putting up with it in a way that not, we don't take judgment. But you got to realize how strong it's going on. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? We still need to love anyone with sin, period. It's not to have anything wrong. But it's just I want you to see the power of sin, unfortunately. And that's why we need to help save and pray to help the world, not just with the homosexuality, the violence, the murder, the corrupt, the, the cycle of just continue to repeating the craziness of fathers not being strong and being strong enough to go, I'm going to get right with God so I can help maybe change the course of what the people, young males around me are looking at. You can be a role model and build character and everything, but you don't help them understand God or model that. What's that get them? It might get them all the way to life, but without God, they die and go to hell. So complete it. What do they continue to do? Well, I just want you to see how real this is. They become filled. Look at verse 29. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed. Okay, look at the world, the depravity. But then it says they're full of envy and murder. So people are like, this doesn't happen. All these, you know, it, we have video and we have TV and news. So there's spurses of public shootings of people, right? But if you look back, as far as the news gone, there's spurts of it. There's terrible. There was one right even here. Like when we first moved here, I think 2016, there was a club that, was, that they shot down 50 people. And it was a, a gay a club. It wasn't like I was going, oh, that's terrible. So it wasn't like, no, it's terrible. I felt so bad. It didn't matter who those human beings are. Because now they're dead. They don't have hope if they weren't Christians. But if you're living in that lifestyle or any sin deliberately... God has mercy, but, you know, you have to be willing to go, no. Why do I say this? It's because don't be surprised. Look what it says here. And at the end of verse 30, it says, I mean, at 30, it says, slanderers, God-haters, God-haters. See, if you approach someone and share your faith, and then they start to get into it, if they're not humble, they're going to defend their lifestyle. And then they're going to try to turn it and say, you hate, Christians hate people. No, you never judge. You love, and you don't show any bias, period. And I've helped homosexual men not only change their life with the Bible and not get married and and have children in in Los Angeles. It's not that I'm making anything about it. I'm just saying satanic movement of depravity of mind that you you can't do anything. I'm not saying to do anything, but just don't get watered down and get deceived. Churches are even allowing, and and different churches are now saying that they can have, you know, homosexual priests or deacons or ministers and 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 people are buying it because it doesn't seem loving no it's not obeying god they're leaving god out of it it's not you don't be mean to anybody but you don't hold the standard and change the knowledge of god because you feel bad and they're kind and they're people too that that that's a bunch of syrupy stuff put on stuff But it goes here more. It says they're God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. And look at this. They invent ways of doing evil. You know how you invent ways of doing evil? They just find more ways when their heart's bitter and angry. People are getting mentally, people are, are getting to a point where the depraved minds are getting so bad that they don't just kill themselves. There's some messed up depravity going in there where they now think I'm going to kill others and then die. And that's having more enough. That's a, that's a depraved more. I mean, my heart goes out to anybody that has hopelessness. You kill, you kill yourself, 
you had to get to a level of, of hopelessness. That's so sad. That's why we need to be in each other's lives, right, church? Encouraging each other. Have that vision and hope of brothers and sisters and then be willing to be there for each other because there's times when life gets so tough as Christians, we got to go, hey, you can be strong. We're here for you. Let's talk. People need to hear how you're doing spiritually because we can get down. But to get killing yourself, but then get to a point where you kill yourself. But before you do that, you're starting to do more acts of venting ways to do it, loading down with weapons and whatnot, and then you're inventing ways to do it. I wish I could say and relieve you of all your fears. This stuff's not going. It's not going to. It's not going to stop. We're not going to change the world. God already said that. Jesus said the net road's narrow. He wants everybody, but most people won't go for it. That's not to be hopeless. We need to hold firm and be grateful for the true standard of God's family on earth as God is the Father. You with me? Look at Revelations 20, verse 7. And by the way, what I won't do is ever be mean or judgmental. And if I ever do, I will be definitely willing to repent and change because that's not what you do. You never self-righteously acknowledge where someone is. You just are available and striving to walk your walk. And then if they ask you, right? But what I won't do is be forced to go along with something and make it feel like I'm racist or something. If I'm not, if I don't vocally or go, you know, I I can tell people if they really want to ask, I'll say I I don't agree with homosexuality. It's not like I'm looking for people to ask that. But some people now get so strong, they're, they're coming at you. People come at you, and they just won't accept it. How dare you? And I've not been in that situation, but I'm not going to be forced to, 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 out of fear to go along with something. That's what the world's trying to do. They're trying to push you to, to just go along and agree with sin. And you've got to make sure that I have, it's not personal. And they're going to maybe say, yeah, it is. You hate us. It's not. And even if they say that, you just got to make sure your heart is receptive and you do the best. Don't, if they don't want to retain God's knowledge, they're going to keep saying it and they're going to throw it at you and make you try to feel like you're just a hateful person. And then what's that doing? Satan's going, wow, is a Christian really true? No, you don't hate them. But, the, but they're going to hate what you say. And they're never going to not hate it unless they're willing to decide to understand the knowledge of God and be willing to realize the way they're living is it God's way. And you can't do that except try to be the best you can and share what Jesus did for you and be relatable with your sin. Revelations 12, 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. So... He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So see, this story is right in the middle of what I just read with Romans. We're, he's full-blown. When the war, this happened a long time, this happened way before that, and, and now he, Satan's been hurled down the earth. It wasn't just one hurl. It's, it's demonic. But you see, with Jesus, they can't get you. Even if you look at it, oh, no, no, no. No, no, in Christ, you're safe. You may be tempted, but God says if you follow the knowledge of God and be strong and resist temptation and be strong and understand why I decided to have discipling and and in your relationships with one another, you need each other to help each other, not judge each other, but you got to be strong because Satan wants to lead you astray and get you into a deprived mind and make you seem like you're judgmental or angry because you're not allowing yourself to agree with every lifestyle that wants to be. Freedom, freedom, freedom. That's not freedom with God. And I know you know that. I'm just saying you have to have that indignation tailored in love. I'm not talking angry. I'm just like, 
I see the world being taken over. It makes me go deeper to God and go, I need God. I need his church. I need, I'm so grateful for the protection of Christ. Point number two, born a male, destined to become a man of God. Born a male, but destined to be a man of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Born a male, but destined to be a man of God. So see, when you're born, male or female, that's it. You're just born. Don't get me wrong. God allowed that. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Travis, great to have your beautiful daughter that slept through your whole presentation. Children are precious, but it's up to now that person to understand, and then they have eyes, so whatever's going on with them, if you're already a man here, and you're a husband, you should be striving to love like Jesus, be humble like Jesus, hopefully you're living the way of life, you can't force your kids to do anything, or want to make them feel like they have to become Christians, but you just need to do what's right, because it's right for you, but as they're growing up, they're influencing it, and... They have to eventually figure out how to become, go from human being male or female to saved. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. For all in Adam all die. For as in Adam all die. So in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God, the Father, after he's destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. See, we all were born like Adam and Eve. That's great. What are you running for? What are you, what's your main focus? To love God and walk with God? And be, make sure, first of all, you write with God and stay right with God. Otherwise, you, you don't know how to be in Christ. You don't just wave a wand or say lip service or believe any, even me or anybody. You, you look at the Bible and say, does these people have a way of life, what they say? And let me examine it. Amen. And we're all flawed, but do they make excuses? And do they teach correctly, not their opinions, but what God's word says? That's why I'm still here 28 years later. Amen. Imperfect people. Striving to do what's right by God, making a lot of mistakes still, but humility continues to come in. Right? We all die. I want to be right with God. You know, there are many young men who are far more manly than grown adult men in the world. And I mean spiritually manly. You don't just grow in age and naturally become spiritual. You don't just stay mature. When you're a Christian, the Bible calls you to become mature in the Lord. Grow up and go from milk to solid food. You don't just get older and more nice and polite and maybe successful and then carry yourself like you're mature in the Lord unless you're walking with God. Once mature, not always mature in the Lord. Right? And the reason is that when you become a man of God and you start to go, okay, I'm alive, I'm a human, now God calls us to seek him with all his heart through why Jesus came and died. Before he died, he examined and followed and called human beings to follow him and modeled the way of life to trust in God. Then he died and raised and then told those people to carry that torch as a movement 
and don't allow yourself to get deceived or sinfully deprived. Follow Jesus. And that's a scriptural way of life. It's not just osmosis. Manhood is someone who stands for righteousness in their own life and is willing to say sorry first and take responsibility. And you should be confessing sin. Not that you're trying to sin, but if you don't share things you're overcoming, I don't know. I get nervous around people that seem like they're all together. They're not all together. No one's, I mean, and that doesn't mean you need to announce it from the rooftop, but in, in brother relationships, I need help. I need to talk about things. Even if I've already brought it to God and forgiven it, I like to talk about my dynamic with, you know, Martin and Carmen, our awesome brothers and sisters, Kenji and Afonjo. But any of you, it's just because I'm the older minister, I could talk to somebody. The only reason I might not share something because I don't want them to be like, you know, if they're marriage or something, they're single, and I saw you and I having like an argument, I'll probably go to a marriage couple. Our marriage is awesome, by the way, but we still need, we still need help. And we, I appreciate that God's kingdom has for, forever marriage counseling. See, the world says, you need a marriage counselor, be embarrassed, there's a problem. And usually you have to find someone in the phone book that has a PhD or a doctorate or something. But you don't know them. And you pay them. And they put the hourglass there. And, you start, and he starts to pry you open. And they have some skill. But they don't even know you. Yeah. See, God said that. It's not, I'm not saying counseling is wrong in and of itself. But the Bible says we're supposed to be in each other's lives and give our hearts and want to grow and be righteous. Yep. Standing for manhood. Standing for righteousness. Act in strength. Obey God's word. Treat women with honor. Respect their children. You're willing to share the gospel. Be bold and share your faith and be willing to look for opportunities. And then know how to talk, know, learn how to want to teach the Bible more. It's not like a race, but want to know that. And know how to make a disciple and answer their questions. That's growing in maturity. Because it's important to you. You know, David was young when he conquered Goliath. And the message is that the transition from boyhood to manhood has little to do with age as compared to commitment to the word of God. It doesn't make sense. It was against all odds. It still doesn't make sense if you look at it from a human point of view. He would have never been in that weight class. They would have never let him fight. It would have, like that now if there's a fighting ring, they're not going to put a light weather, light, lightweight in with a heavyweight champ. You know, they say he'll die. But see, God doesn't work that way. Because David was a man after God's own heart. He was able to go in a faith because of his righteousness, standing up, acting like a man, not being afraid, not trying to be a macho guy, not going, hey, I'll do it. He's like, what's going on? The people of God are being defiled by this group of wayward, deprived people, and they're challenging us, and everybody's frozen, and no one's doing anything. No one's standing up. So it wasn't like, judging anybody he goes he just was indignant with God he says well I'll do it because he saw sin and he saw a problem and he acted like a man of God and was strong and stood out in the name of God and and we saw what God did through him see marriage doesn't make a man getting a job doesn't necessarily make a man having children doesn't necessarily make a man of God though each of these opportunities gives a man a chance to show himself a man of God a man of God, because God, you know, a man is a man because God made him male as opposed to being a female. A man who loves his wife as Christ loved the church will be on his knees and go, I need help. 
And let me just tell you something. My wife is secure because I pray, and I also talk to other marriages, and we get in there, and, and I don't shut her down. And I've needed help. That's what you want to do, because I can go, honey, I'm leading. Just trust me and stop. And in the world, you take it way farther, right? Stay out of it, woman. This is business. We do, I know what we're doing. You know, you just, you know, don't, I, we got this. You don't, even, don't ask any questions. This is my area. That's not good. You want to pull her in. You, you might want to leave, but you want to let her know everything. You're two or one, right? You shouldn't be a question or a shutdown. You should be willing to be humble. You're going to lead in humility, right? That's challenging. That challenges a man. You want to get married? Woo! You better have God because it gets ugly. If you don't, it, it wouldn't be easy. Look, there's over 50% divorces, and those that are still married don't really have an attractive marriage at times. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that people that are in the Lord don't have challenges, but they, if they're humble, they continue to go and want to forgive and go to the cross together, and they heal and they work through things. Yeah. It's not, we're, and we're not any better, but we're just striving to be a man or woman of God, right? Yeah. If a man doubts his manliness, he needs only to believe what, he, what is already true. God created him to be a man and to live as a man by being strong and keeping his word. To be insecure and effeminate is not godly. Even a man that the world would consider weak doesn't mean he's weak. We're not looking at the macho stereotypes of strong muscle. No, those guys, most of those guys, a lot of the people, just because they're strong and powerful physically, they're not men of God. You can see by their exploits in the locker rooms and at the clubs and the using and the cheating and the abusing. They may be strong and made millions of dollars, but I don't respect them one cent. I want to see who you are with your family, who you are with your wife. Is your wife radiant? Do you care what your wife thinks? That's a man of God to God, right? So as we come in, I want you just to think about Father's Day. And sisters, men, women too. Your hurts, your pain, your sorrows, your regrets, the things that may never come, and maybe the dad you're never going to have. God is the God of miracles in your heart. God can help you overcome things that you may never, I wish I could say, if there's a relationship that he's going to come back, maybe you won't. You got to... Give it to God, but know God has a great plan for you. And you can heal and overcome it. Otherwise, you're allowing your past to defeat you. And I'm not saying your past isn't valid and you don't need to talk. But don't let it defeat you where it wires you going into a new relationship and you bring dysfunction. And you may need to still talk about it because we all have dynamics. But you can overcome it with Christ. You can become what you never maybe thought you could become in Christ. So, Christ, what's it mean? It means to walk faithfully as Christ did, as one would walk and care for and step in to shepherd his bride. That's why the Bible uses that marriage now in Ephesians. Christ says that's what he looks at us in his church, a bride. He's very patient and wants to be gentle with all of us. This is precious. 
And the way he died for the church is the way husbands need to die for their wives. And don't be down because you're fail and I fail. So you can't got to go with that kick. And wives, you got to be encouraging and gentle and patient because if we're not allowed to fail and you're critical, then it's not really setting us up with really a good, healthy atmosphere. But you need to have a voice. You need to learn how to communicate with each other where you're not making you feel like you're, I saw, I saw you. No, you know, right? you got to help each other. Manhood is self-sacrifice, learn, learning to lead. I have no clue. I'm still, I mean, I'm only trying to do what I'm doing, but I've not arrived. But I, I've learned a lot, and I can help younger marriages because I can just share what I've learned and, and how I've walked with God, and I still need God no matter what. So leadership doesn't mean tyranny, domineering. It doesn't mean we sit in the armchairs and dole out and give orders and have everybody else do everything. So Barking orders in your house. Just because you're bigger and stronger physically does not give us the power or authority to use it in a domineering way. Amen. The world does that. Think of all the abused women. Yeah. I think there's nothing more sad or despairing or disrespectful as when a stronger man hits a woman. Mm. What a chicken. What a fruit. It's just such a coward. Right? Yeah, I, I, I need to end because I'm going to get too angry. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll love a guy and help him do that, but he's going to hear what I think and love. But, you know, you're going to need to really work on this. There's no room for any more tolerance if you want to get right with God. And we're going to do some apologizing and accountability. And you touch her again, you call the cops. I'll still help you, bro. And I will love you, but you're going to change. I'm not going to love you if you keep doing that. I'm going to have to detach and just hope you have God has mercy on you. And that's what we do with people. We go, you want to change? Here's God. Let me help you. Patience, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. But a willingness to do what? Be strong and act like a man. And to God be the glory. Amen.